Memorial Day. It became an official holiday in 1971. So this is our 51st. Before then, it was Decoration Day. And, and, and they named it Decoration Day because since the Civil War, uh, family members and loved ones would go to the graves of those that have, they lost their loved ones in, in a war and would decorate their, their graves and, and give tribute to their sacrificed life. And if you ever have an opportunity to go to the beaches of Normandy in France or, or you go to one of the military cemeteries here in the United States, it is a moving experience. You can watch and you can go uh, row after row after row after row of pristine white crosses with names you've never heard and dates, birthdays, and death in the day of death that was much too early. I can remember the last time I was in Normandy and we walked through the cemetery and, and how moving it was just to read the names and, and to see that most of these young men and, and women, but mostly uh, young men in their 20s and early 30s that gave their lives for our freedoms. I think we should give honor where honor is due, and I would encourage you sometime this, this weekend, uh, uh, tomorrow on, on Memorial Day, that you would stop and you would thank the Lord, not just for their sacrifice for our freedoms, but t say a prayer for their families. That they would know Christ, that, that they would be able to be blessed by God. You see these unsung heroes that, that, that we memorialize, that we give tribute to. They did so willingly, without fanfare. They just saw a need and felt it was significant and important and even important enough to give their own life. I, I say we need more like that. Unsung heroes of men and women that we will never even know their names, but they loved our country and they were willing to lay down their lives for the freedoms and what this culture meant to them. When this nation was under attack, they rose to the challenge. And yet, here today, Sam had mentioned earlier about Uvalde, Texas, another assault on our culture, another attack. And, and I'm, I'm not here to, to proclaim that... The, uh, for or against arms or anything like that, I believe open dialogue, open dialogue needs to transpire, needs to take place. I think common sense conversations need to be had, not, not rhetoric, but open, honest conversations. But the reality is, in those conversations, there are areas that we need to address that most will not. I grew up 
on the west coast, not the west coast of Florida, but the west coast. I mean, the one that nobody wants to go to because an earthquake's going to push them off in the ocean. And, and I, I grew up over there, and I came back uh, in, when, in my teens. My mother moved me to the darks of Arkansas. I thought everybody was barefoot, and if they had a car, it had horns on the front. I was surprised. It wasn't like that at all. But it was amazing going to, to high school in a small town in the Midwest. During hunting season, all of the pickups in the parking lot had guns in them. Everybody in school had a pocket knife on them. We used to play a stupid game called chicken. Don't try this at home, boys and girls. But you would take your knife and you would throw it. And, and if you moved your foot, you lost. But if you got stuck, you won. That's the dumbest game I've ever heard in my entire life. But we played it. We weren't really smart back then. But the point is that there, there wasn't as much violence as there is today. And to say that we need to restrict certain things or, or we need to put in, in more control in the school so, so that you have to go through a metal detector and all that, I, I understand, and, and that's a great conversation to have, but we need to look at it in a greater context that there's something wrong with the spiritual matter of this culture and putting and changing things and making uh, more passing more laws is putting a band-aid on somebody that has pneumonia Amen. we need to address the real issue the real issue is sin the real issue is that when we have taken God out of our culture when I was a kid, I was afraid of God. I was afraid of my dad's belt. Uh, was I the only one that got spanked? There was a few things that, that we looked at in, in, in culture, and, and even if you didn't go to church, everybody understood. Our culture was Formed and focused around, around the Judeo-Christian concept of, of the Ten Commandments. And, and, and we were a gentler nation in many ways. Were we perfect? Absolutely not. Were we blind to racism? Yeah, in many ways we were. There were many things wrong with the culture, but, but there were a lot of things that were right with the culture about respecting one another. And it seems today that, that we have no respect for anybody, anywhere, at any time. It's about our 5 or 10 or 15 minutes of fame. And, and, if, and if we can get those 5, 10 or 15 minutes of fame from, from TikTok or from watching our phone or doing something that the world gets to hear our name, whether it's good or bad, it doesn't really matter as long as our name gets put on top 
and it needs to change. And here's the good thing. You and I have a part to play. You and I have a greater part to play than any and all of the politicians in Washington combined. Jesus, in, in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, was, was giving this great discourse and this great dialogue about, about how to live. And he, and he starts to talk about righteousness. Righteousness is, when we think about righteousness, about salvation, we know it's not our righteousness, it's the righteousness of Christ. And we have that, we receive that through faith, knowing that he was right, therefore we're made right. But there's an, another application of righteousness, which simply is doing the right thing. Jesus talked to us about doing the right thing. There are righteous acts. There are acts that are correct in what we should be doing. And when we live by them, our culture around us begins to change. If you would, if you have a Bible, some of you have Bibles, some of you don't. It's not that I, I am preferring some or the other. I just forgot to put all of them out. But I, well, we took them all out for COVID, but we're putting them all back in because that, that's just something that I want to see in the church. I want to see Bibles. Matthew chapter 6. If you'd go to that first for me, please. Jesus said, Be careful not to practice your righteousness. Don't you love that? In front of others to be seen by them. Why would Jesus say, be careful, watch out, look out, don't, don't practice, don't do righteous acts in front of others to be seen of them if it wasn't something in the human condition that wants others to notice when we're doing right? You ever notice that? My old granddaughter the other day in California, she, um, somebody had said stupid, and she said, we don't say stupid. And we don't say dummy. And she went through the entire list of all the words <laughs> that we don't say. She wanted to make sure that everybody was doing right. Jesus said, but she did it because she wanted her mom to say, that's a good job, Amelia. See, we like that praise, don't we? When you do, don't you like a good pat on the back every once in a while? But Jesus is talking here, and he's talking about your acts of righteousness. When you're doing something that's right, don't do it to be seen of people. If your motivation is only to look good in the eyes of others, you will have no reward from God. Isn't that sad? He's going to go on to say in a moment that, that if you do your acts of righteousness, if you do what is right just to be seen, the only reward you get is being seen by people that probably don't like you anyway. 
That's the thing about the internet that drives me crazy. I, ha- I see people posting and they're wanting everybody to like them. And, and let's be real. How many have 10,000 friends? I have two. And I question one of them. Be careful. Don't, don't do things. See, your motivation on what you do, on, on living righteously and, and doing righteous things. And Jesus is going to give us three things in, in Matthew chapter 6. And I'm, I'm going to go through them quickly because I know that we have a, a, a lunch to go to. But I want you to, to look at the three things that Jesus talked to us about. And the very first one is, is simply this. He says, when you give to the needy, Did you realize that giving to help others is an act of righteousness? It's a righteous act. Jesus, in Luke Luke chapter 21, Jesus and his disciples are sitting in the temple and and they're watching all of the the very wealthy come in and and, uh, pour in all of their money into the the temple. And and they had these these metal... uh, tubes that they could just drop it in and when they were dropping the money and you'd hear it clank 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 because you ever you know just a loud noise and then there's a an elderly woman that came in we're not told her name we're not told her age other than she was older we know that she was poor because jesus told us she was poor and she came in and dropped two mites a couple pennies And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, Did you see that? Did you see how much she gave? And they said, We didn't even hear the sound. She said, She gave more than everybody else combined. And Jesus said, Because she gave out of her need and they gave out of their abundance. You see, giving is a righteous act when you're, when you're, when you're giving, whether time or, or, or money or, or whatever it may be. Jesus said if somebody wants to, you to walk a mile, walk too. If they want your shirt give, or jacket, give them your shirt as well. Help them out. Do what you need to do, but do it from the abundance of your heart. That woman gave everything she had because she loved God, because she wanted to see the nation of Israel thrive and prosper. It's not how much you give, it's what you have in your heart when you're giving. And Jesus went on to say, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. When you give, the important thing is that you're giving and the motivation is that you want to help. You want to bless. You want to encourage. You want to strengthen. You want to help somebody else. You want to be a blessing. See, your motivation in in giving, if you're doing it just to be seen, there's many, many things in my mind, that many examples that are running through my mind right now, but if I told you, then I would lose my blessing. And I'm keeping it. But how many times have you noticed? And you have done something, 
and nobody else in the world knew but you did. There's an amazing feeling that comes over you when you learn to give of your time, of your talent, of your finance, whatever it may be. When you give and you give it freely and you're not giving so everybody else would see how generous you are or how kind you are or how devoted you are, you're just doing it because your heart was moved. When you do it that way, Jesus says, your father, which sees in secret, will reward you openly. You see, it's important how you give. Jesus goes on to say, not only giving, he says that, and another act of righteousness. When you pray, do you realize that prayer is an act of righteousness? That, that prayer is doing the right thing? So what kind of prayer? Is it prayer just for me? Or, or is it prayer for others? Yes. It's everything. When you pray and you submit your will and you say, Lord, I, I am praying and I'm coming to you and, I, and I'm asking of you. When you surrender your will to him and you begin to pray, and, and in this Matthew chapter 6, Jesus goes through the, the prayer and he says, don't pray like the pagans, you know, repeating things over and over and over again. He said, and he gives us the Lord's prayer, but he didn't give us the Lord's prayer so we could repeat it over and over again. That would be kind of redundant, right? Here, don't, don't do this, you know, don't repeat the same words like the pagans do. Repeat these words like Christians do. See, the Lord's Prayer is not just something we can memorize and say, oh, oh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It was a guide. It was a concept. It was when you're praying, you say, Lord, you're holy. And you enter into that relationship with God by, by setting yourself right, that he's there and you're here, that he is great and, and, and you're, you're coming to him. And you begin to worship. And when you begin to pray in worship, amazing things begin to happen. So I would encourage you, read Matthew 6 this week and look at the Lord's Prayer as, as an introduction into worship first and then everything else later. But Jesus said, when you pray, go to your closet. Now, there's corporate prayer, and I get that, I understand that, and yes, it's great, and I love corporate prayer, but there's also that time when you just need to go to your closet in prayer and be call out to God. Jesus said, go into your closet and, and pray, and when you pray in secret, your Father will hear and reward you openly. Luke 18, great story. Matthew doesn't have this story in, in his gospel because Jesus, in my opinion, was talking about Matthew. Jesus said there was a Pharisee and a publican. A publican was a tax collector, an IRS agent. Ooh, can they be saved? The grace of God is amazing. And Jesus said there was a Pharisee and a, and a, and a publican, a tax collector. You know, that's what Matthew was. 
making a living off of other people's taxes. And, and, and he said, in the temple, the, 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 pub, the Pharisees saying, Oh God, I am so good. I'm so glad I'm not like that guy. And goes on to belittle that guy and build himself up. Isn't it amazing that some people have to build themselves up by tearing somebody else down? That's a side note. Jesus said the Pharisee had this eloquent prayer. And the only reward he had was that other people heard him. He had no reward of, of, from God. But the publican, the tax collector, Jesus said he sat over there and was oblivious to who was around him. He just bowed his head and pounded on his chest and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said he went away justified and the Pharisee did not. You see, your motivation in prayer will determine your reward in prayer. Prayer is more than just reciting words. It's more than being eloquent. It's more than, you know, I, I, I have seen people and I've heard people that can pray and it's like, oh my gosh, I wish I could pray like that. I mean, you know, they, they pray and it's so eloquent and I get up and, and I feel like I'm Porky Pig. And yet, Jesus doesn't care. What Jesus is looking for is a heart that says, my Father, you're holy. And here's the needs that we have. And I know that you're faithful and true. And you begin to call on him in private. And when you call on him in private, God will hear and answer openly. Jesus goes on to say another, a third. You ready for this one? Okay, because we, we we've talked about giving and we've talked about prayer. And you know what this one is, right? Ready? Fasting. And he says... When you fast, ooh, fasting. When you don't eat, he said, don't make yourself disfigured like the Pharisees do and let everybody know. You know, when you, when it, it'd be like going down after, after we uh, go down there and, and they're walking in, you guys go ahead and eat, but I'm, I'm fasting today. Jesus said that's the only reward they have. He said, but when you fast, wash your face, clean up. Don't let anybody know you're fasting. And he says, and your Father which sees in secret will reward you openly. What does fasting do? What is fasting about? What is... In a nutshell, it's simply this. It allows your spiritual man to be stronger than your physical man. You want to know how strong your, your carnal nature is? Cut off the groceries and see what happens. Have you ever noticed when we go through Lent in those 40 days where you give up like a food item or something like that? 
I don't care what that food item is. It could be anything. Anchovies. How many order a Caesar salad without anchovies? Right? But if you said, Lord, I'm giving up anchovies for you for the next 40 days, day one you wake up and you think, wow, I think I'm going to go get me a heaping uh, bunch of anchovies. And you will fight your flesh because you've said no. There's something about when you take control of your flesh and you say, flesh, you're not going to do, you're not going to be in charge, but I'm in charge. And when you sacrifice and give that to the Lord, your spiritual man, your spiritual being gets connected with God in an amazing way. But if you're doing it to be seen of men, it will have no effect other than people will look at you and say, look at that hungry person. But when you dedicate your life to God and you say, God, there's some needs and I really need you and you are praying and fasting and seeking God, when you do that, God sees in secret and will reward you openly. Isn't that amazing? Three acts of righteousness, of doing the right thing that we can do every single day day you want to you want to help change the culture give pray fast to the lord and see what god will do motivation is everything you say how do i have the right motivation would you go to that next slide please jesus ends this discourse with this verse for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If your treasure is to be seen and admired by others, you'll be like the Pharisees. Or Jesus called them hypocrites. You know what another name for hypocrite is? It's an actor. Hello, Hollywood. It's pretending like you're something when you're really not. Jesus said, if you're doing these things and your heart's not in it, it's not right, it's not where it's supposed to be, you're going to lean and you're going to do these things. You're going to pray. You're going to give. You're going to fast so others will notice what you're doing. But when your heart is right, when your heart is in the right place, when you're seeking the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, first and foremost, then you'll do things as unto the Lord and not unto men. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. As we, as we go through this Memorial Day weekend, and I, and I know that, that Pastor Sam is going to give us announcements, and I'm going to have, Sam, would you pray for the food? Yes. And uh, that we will have plenty. We're going to have plenty. And we're going to have a lot of fun. But uh, can I encourage you today? This Memorial Day, when we remember all of those that have given their lives for us, 
let's do our part. Let's be an unsung hero as they are. And let's give where we can. Help where you can. Let's, let's pray effectively, fervently. And let's fast. Get our flesh out of the way and seek the things of God. And when we do those things, that's when amazing things will happen in our lives. Would you stand with us?